0: He has his own podcast. What is the job? Get my shit together? <laughs> Welcome to the Getting My Act Together podcast. I have to resist every time saying, Welcome to the jungle. We've got fun and games. <laughs> so stupid. Rest in peace, Guns and Roses. Welcome to the Getting My Act Together podcast for Tuesday, May 17, 2022. I hope you're doing well. And for the person who told me that they don't listen to the beginning of the podcast because they don't live. (laughs) This was someone in Chicago over the last weekend that told me they listen to the podcast and they said a lot of nice things about it. But they also told me they don't listen to the introduction or the beginning part of it (laughs) because they don't give a shit about Limerick. (laughs) Well, fuck you, man. (laughs) This is for you. I'm jumping right in with that fucking mind eraser that we talked about last time, because you know what, LNC, our uh, second favorite listener right now is the as the listener rankings go. So the rankings currently are the current leader, the clubhouse leaders right now, as as the listeners are concerned. In the the pantheon of great listeners, this podcast is 15 underscore versus underscore 15. I don't even really need to say his name. But LNC, who is the late-night commuter who has the podcast set to go for 45 minutes, or that's why we do the podcast for 45 minutes, is number two. And the only other people that I think are on that list are the new person who's texted in that uh, (laughs) geopoliticalorg.watch hate speech freedom bath salts chemtrails whatever that website was that I, <laughs> I fell into it last time, but you know what? I'm going to get right into it. And and there's a lot of other great listeners. You're all great listeners, but it's pretty fun when you write in and we can talk about, we can, you can write in. at yesjoesmithgmail.com. blah, blah, blah. You can leave reviews, Apple podcasts, but it's pretty fun when we can talk about <laughs> talk about all this crazy shit. And if you also remember long time listeners way back, The people who wrote in to discuss the candy bars, the chocolate candy bars, the Mount Rushmore, very, very deep appreciation for your support and listenership earlier in the days when we're trying to sort out what is the Mount Rushmore of chocolate candy. And for me, as you know, it's Twix, it's the $100,000 bar, and then it's you pick them after that. I think it's a little dirty to go with something like Caramello, (laughs) but you can go any one of those... Caramel chocolate bars for me. do they still make score with a K? Score bars, remember those? It's kind of like <laughs> chaos with a K. When you see somebody wearing something like that. Is he a fucking skinhead who's going to shoot up a grocery store in Buffalo, New York? you fucking assholes. You've been fed a lie your whole life to believe by your church, it descends from your church, and they taught you that you're better than people of color. And you're not. And As a matter of fact, you're worse because you have the evil in your heart. You fucking assholes. I don't know if it's fair to do score candy bars, Heath bars. You can put any one of them. Or as the listener wrote in, three musketeers. Anyway, I love all the listeners equally except I like 15 underscore versus underscore 15 the best. And LNC, thank you so much for these deep and meaningful contributions you've been making in the program. Last time... As you know, and this is me, by the way, buddy in Chicago, (laughs) telling you I'm not going to tell you about Limerick right now, even though there are two people making their debut on the show, and the feature comic will be featuring there for the first time, and I'm thrilled about that. So come to Limerick tonight, goddammit, Tuesday night, May 17th, 9 p.m., Virginia Highland, 822 North Highland Avenue, and that's how quickly I did it. You know why? Because... If you're fast-forwarding, I'm going to say something real deeper and provocative right now, okay? Everybody in my family was molested. <laughs> it felt like that when we were talking about old stories, but that's not what I'm here to talk to you about right now. But it also made me wonder, was I molested? And I even sent my mom a text message today saying, hey, how old was I when we lived in that house? What house was that? The house that caused me to wake up this morning with cold chills, like a darkness came over me while I was sleeping. But that's not what we're talking about right now. I'll get into the search for was I molested? Molest? I think what I want to say is like moly. I'm in a good mood. I'm not going to talk about (laughs) kid touchers. Also jerk-offs, but that's, uh, I guess, the point of it. You're Catholic. Anyway, I'm not here to talk about that. I am here to talk about LNC responding to that person who I said sent the uh, email from a cell phone. So it came in as... MMS dot txt and for those of you who were so courageous to wade through that Georgia Guidestones podcast, I am grateful that you did that. Thank you very much. But LNC and 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 you remember call at the end? It was like, just tell me what they fucking are. Don't take me into <laughs> the conspiracy. I don't I don't want that. I just want to know like what is QAnon about. I don't want to know how it works. You know what I mean? Like I don't. I just want to understand what pizza, like when I ask you about Pizzagate, just tell me what it was. I don't, tell me how it works and and, and try to evaluate the theory. It's all fucking nonsense. So just tell me what it is. And Ellen C., I realized in an email that I did not address prior to this evening, uh, responded very specifically about what the Georgia Guidestones are. And I'm going to tell you what she said and let you do that what you will. She said, after she explained what pagans were, she said that pagans when she was growing up were uh, heathens or infidels. And she said, we were taught that pagans were bad, sinful people that performed sacrifices and rituals, like giving them communion and wine and listening to their deepest, darkest secrets, and then molesting them. Is that what you mean? No, that's, that's, uh, that's the institution of Catholicism. We were taught the paper, blah, 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 She said a little bit higher than Satanists. That's what she was taught. And then she adds the true definition of a pagan, which makes so much more sense now as an adult is, quote, a person holding religious beliefs other than those of the main world religions. So basically you have, as she writes you, basically you have people who follow the main world religions, and then you have the rest of us who don't. We are the pagans. I guess you're a pagan. LNC is a pagan. This is a pagan podcast. And you know what? It's just rebranding, right? Atheist, I always say, it's not fuck God. It's not that. It just means living in the absence of deities. Well, what is a deity? It's a supernatural being. Okay, well, we live in the absence of that, or I do anyway. So, why does it atheist sound like the worst possible word in the world, like this apex predator racist? Isn't Christian fundamentalist sound worse, or Muslim fundamentalist sound worse than atheist? Well, anyway, thank you for clearing up what pagans mean. And she also added that. I had to urgently take a sip of my red wine. She also added that. How do you feel, by the way, when you listen to this podcast early in the morning? If you're a, if you're a drinker, or you're not a drinker, but if you're a drinker, and I'm like, I'm having a delicious glass of red wine, or you're like, you know, I think I'm gonna go get a little red at lunch, or I'm gonna have a cold soldier just to take the edge off of my goddamn boss giving me so much shit and continuously asking me to do more with less anyway i'm having a glass of delicious red wine right now okay because i'm a fancy man all right we just need rebranding on pagans because yeah it sounds like an awful thing to be a pagan but basically it just means you don't subscribe to the world's religions which means you don't read best-selling books which means you can fucking think for yourself <laughs> Self righteousness. Anyway, after she says that, she's going to get into. Here we go. She says Christian amusement parks. Yes, they are. There are several, like the Creation Museum, she said, which was made to dispel the Big Bang Theory. Tierra Santa, where they hold mock crucifixions. And a giant animatronic Jesus ascends to heaven. Every hour on the hour. Where is this fucking place? Tierra Santa. What does that mean? Sainted ground? Saint earth? Sainted ground? They hold mock crucifixions? (laughs) What a way to spend the afternoon. We are going to go watch Alabama versus Tennessee. And then after that, we're going to swing by the uh, flagellation of an actor... Where, By the way, that goes on their resume. What, what was your role? I actually played Jesus. Actually, I didn't quite get the role of Jesus. I was one of the whippers who helped crucify him at Tierra Santa, wherever, wherever that is. Oh, well, I'll tell you what. We have a movie starring Mel Gibson that you might be perfect for. <laughs> All right. So she says, yeah, they're a real thing. Animatronic Jesus ascends to heaven every hour. Let's scare the fuck out of the kids. Again, this, this is not the most novel thought. And I'm going to move on from the religion piece because nobody wants to deal in the supernatural for 45 minutes of a podcast. You scare the fuck out of everybody. And I understand why you say I'm God-fearing. But if... How can you worship, can you? How can you... I, I, that's the one I can't get my head around. Why would you want to, and again, I'm not the, probably the author of this. Other people have had the thought. I'm probably not. The, I'm not the author at all. But I've also thought, why would you follow someone you have to be fucking afraid of? That doesn't sound like being bathed in his eternal love. God fearing. I'm, I'm, you know what that means. If you fear God, you don't respect him. or God's not worthy of your respect. That's what that means to me. And you can call me a Satanist and a pagan. The pagan part is true. The Satanist, I'm not a Satanist. Satan's the opposite of God. That's not what I believe in either. But if you fear, if you fear something, you might respect the power that it can, the power that it has to harm you, but you don't respect it like, fucking I like the way that guy moves. That's just interesting to me. And by the way, if you are trying to implement a belief system at work or in a church, if you fear your boss or your boss is like, if you fuck up, I'm going to fire you. You don't respect him. You fear him. And that's different. That's different. Why would you follow something? Well, I know because your parents made you and they dug you, you know, they embedded you. God fearing. And also, if I haven't said it already, if your only crime against your Lord and Savior, when you come to Judgment Day, fuck you. Who is, you know who lives in Judgment Day? The Supreme Court of the United States, right? And (laughs) look at how that's making everybody happy. If you get to Judgment Day, and your only crime against humanity was you didn't, and, and believe me, I'm not speaking for myself, and I'm not trying to hedge my bets there, Jesus. But if and I guess I'm just speaking to Christianity because that's the one that seems to predominate in the United States of America. For now, <laughs> you Christian fundamentalists, you should be on the run. You are on the run, and that's why you're shooting up grocery stores and stuff like that, because your God is going to... Uh, he's like the Ottoman Empire. He had a good run, but it will. it's going to be overrun by... <laughs> other deities trust if you get to judgment day this is this, again this is a comedy podcast if I say that enough like telling you I'm an honest guy it'll be true if you get to judgment day and the guy's like so what's his story I'm like I, you know more often than not he did right by people, and on balance, he didn't make the world a worse place, I'm sure I'm leaving out some objectives of your religion, but, you know, the real kind of blemish on his record is he, uh, he didn't believe in you, oh, well, did he talk shit about me? Well, I mean, indirectly, he talked, he, not as a man, not man to man. He didn't talk shit about you. He didn't asperse your character. He sort of talked about you in a, in a more abstract way, like what you represent and how that could have come to be and your influence, your imaginary you, an imagine literally a figment, and this is a description, it's not a judgment. You are a figment of people's imaginations. That's what you are. You're an imaginary character. You're a, a, a deity. You are a supernatural being that people have faith in. This is all just dictionary <laughs> definition. You are a figment of people's imaginations, and he just... He was curious and thought about that and talked about it. And, uh, you know, really just couldn't get his head around it. He He understood how it happened and you know what he actually... He appreciated the comfort that it brought to so many people who suffered so much more than he has and hopefully will. He appreciates that. He also thinks it's kind of sketchy that the people who have caused all that suffering for those people who suffer untold hardship and sorrow and pain use you to justify the systems that enable that suffering. (laughs) <laughs> At that point, even Jesus like, the fuck are you talking about? What he's saying is, sir, the person we're talking about, the narrator of the podcast, he thought it was pretty ironic that the people who caused the untold suffering in the world did it in part, if not in your name, but felt empowered and somewhat justified by their uh, alliance and fealty to you that they were able to execute these horrors across the world and across time. And then almost as like uh, throwing a, uh, someone tossed out into the street uh, a napkin or a towel, to, like clean yourself up now. It's like beating someone up and then handing them a towel and saying, now clean yourself up. Did those people who caused so much suffering hand them, uh, hand the people they took advantage of, you, and said, "Here, he might help you. He's helped us. He's helped us get over on you. Maybe he will help you get through the night." And so that's what he had issue with, right? And then she's like, "Okay, well, I can see that. (laughs) It's a little fucked up." And you know what? Maybe that wasn't exactly my word and that got misinterpreted by some selfish assholes. Right? That's your Jesus that I like to envision. Like a smart one. <laughs> and he's smart because he agrees with me. Anyway, if that is your uh, judgment day person and I, and, and I get to judgment day and he's like, okay, uh, that's his situation, he, all that. Fuck him, send him to a place and light him on fire forever. Then you know what? That guy's a prick. That guy is a prick who wants to live in darkness. <laughs> like the United States of America, I guess. So anyway, I, I never understood the God-fearing, I, I never understood that and scare the shit out of everybody, but I, I guess it works. It works in that it makes you all repressed homosexuals. <laughs> I don't even know who the target of that was, but it just, uh, it makes people unable to live their true lives, which is why they fucking molest everybody, I suppose. not that Not from a gay perspective, From a just whatever, molesting perspective. Religions are good. Um, All right. So anyway, let's pull out of that for just a second. Uh, Apparently, there is a Holy Land experience, according to Ellen C. A Noah's Ark experience. And she said, yes, her parents have been to everyone. Uh, Well. Yeah, you know, it's whatever works for them, I suppose. All right, here's the thing. Ellen, gets to the, Ellen see, gets to the answer, or at least she gets right down to what I was looking for from the person who texted in. Ellen says, the Georgia Guidestones are actually quite the opposite of the parks. They're these huge granite stones, actually called American Stonehenge, right here in our own backyard of Elbert County, Georgia, commissioned by a mysterious man in the 70s probably a juggler <laughs> you're goddamn right he probably well i guess it was a little bit before your parents were having those ragers but maybe it was his pops so ellen c says the georgia whatever they're called guidestones he gave 10 rules and she puts in parentheses mocking the 10 commandments that's a different that's a different spin than we got from that last oh really <laughs> <laughs> different than flat-earth.org.gov.mil. This is different. This this conveys, according to LNC, that these are mocking, or at least probably having, having a go at the Ten Commandments. She says about how to live life and respect nature and also population control. Well, you have to have population control. I don't know, population control. You have to have, I mean... Population control sounds a little bit of a charged expression. You have if if you you can't overfish the pond, right? And we're doing that. So population control it is. She says the tenth guideline on the guidestones says be not a cancer on the earth, leave room for nature which we have already discussed goes against yes, thank you, goes against Christian practices of burning vinyl <laughs> and land clearing for giant Christian amusement parks. The 10 Guidestones are in 8 different languages and people have been trying to figure out the why of them for years. Okay. And some people are a little less fucking paranoid and um, whatever you're on when you're writing that article for witchhunt.gordonliddy.org. People visit from all over the world to try to figure them out. It's the type of place where my mom will say she feels an ominous evil spirit slash feeling when she visits elbert county but she keeps going back well yeah that's the old partier partier in her you know what your mom is (laughs) to use an old locker room expression she's up for it and that's why she likes going back there just a reminder self why she needs to you know anyway that is a little more straightforward i guess it's a it's a it's what it gives me just a little more clarity on what we're actually talking about, and then in a in a so that was like a week or two ago, and then she says she sent a. I'm I'm reading this because it's so thoughtful and and uh, anyway I I because I care. She said she's been so busy. Your podcast has been a beacon of hope in this dark world. <laughs> If you listen to the first, however, 22 minutes of this podcast, and you think this is a beacon of hope, your world is probably pretty dark, and I'm glad to be that beacon for you. She said it started with Roe versus Wade, and it's just been a spiral from there. I'm in a funk and can't believe all of this. Is this the proverbial end of abortion rights? If this is, what is next in store for all women's health care rights? Yeah, man, I don't know. Well, abortions are still going to happen, just like people had booze during Prohibition. But this is us. This is us. It's it's what the minority wants. This is us. It's what the. This is, like fucking Alito said, this, and I'm not. As you can probably tell, I'm not a constitutional scholar. Alito said that the the Constitution was never meant to uh, deal with. Roe versus Wade or deal with women's reproductive rights these are matters that should be decided by the state which is half right they should be decided by the fucking women who have uteruses that's where they should be decided okay also she, she says also how do you feel about the word w- w-o-m-x-n how do you pronounce it woms womxin 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 maybe I don't know. It's the first time I'm seeing it. I've, I, I I, know that there's Latino, Latina, Latinx, or Latinx, and I presume it's something like this. I had lesbian friends who used to write W-O-M-Y-N. <laughs> and there used to be a band, I hope they're still around, I think from Atlanta actually, called Women's Prison, but it was all spelled with M's and Y's and N's. Women's Prison. P-R-Y-S-Y-N gotta have a laugh Uh, yeah I don't know I don't know about the word and then I don't know about well you know what it is let's just be honest we don't like women that's what it is first of all in the world women are generally speaking second class citizens and that's not a view I'm espousing to say the least But let's just be honest about that. You know, you know that the, maybe the greatest female basketball player of all time, and I'm not saying she is because, you know, I'm very partial to Diana Taurasi. And I'm also partial to, uh, oh gosh, the woman who retired, I want to say her from yukon what is her name she retired she played like three seasons and had a higher calling to probably i don't know what she was doing but making the world a better place let's just say that um 15 what is the woman's name in the much storied much ballyhooed yukon women's basketball program my was it maya moore is that her name who played just a couple seasons in the NBA, probably won an MVP and a title, and then retired before even the prime of her career to go make an impact on the world. My Is it Maya Moore? Maya Moore was pretty good. So was Cheryl Miller. (laughs) Scored 100 in the game, for fuck's sake. There are lots of great women's basketball players, and as you know on this podcast, we revere greatness. Who? Shamikwa Holtzclaw, Lisa Leslie, Dawn Staley, Dawn Staley is running, she's won a national championship in South Carolina as a coach. Come on. There are a lot of great women basketball players. You know I love D, Diana Taurasi, Maya Moore. But still one of the greatest female basketball players of all time. And I didn't even go all the way back on the OGs. Like, uh, I can't remember their names, but I I know they're on the tip of the tongue. I'm just going to move on. But here's a reflection of how we don't give a shit about women. One of the best, greatest basketball players of all time in her prime is sitting somewhere in Russia in jail with like you had some weed residue on a backpack or some shit like that. Nothing substantial. And I'm sure that there are people going to say, dude, diplomatic efforts are underway. She's been there for like two or three months. Terrible timing to get arrested in Russia, to say the least. But somebody, come at me, bro. Tell me how this is different. How this is different than LeBron James being kidnapped in the prime of his career. And and he seems to have a prime every year, for all I know about basketball. If Steph Curry were held in Russia right now without any movement over two or three months. We don't hear shit about, would that really happen? Steph Curry, or let me go even further. What if it were Tom Brady? I just changed the skin color just a little bit. Brittany Griner's light skin, right? I think. Britney's I usually am not talking about who is light skin or who is not, but is Brittany Steph Curry's light skin? That much I know, because <laughs> I have Twitter. Brittany Griner, I think light skin, right? Anyway, what if it were, what if it were a man first? I'm, all right, I'm a white man. Nobody give a shit about me. But what if it were Tom Brady, in his prime? Something would be done. Brittany Griner's off the face of the earth. No one gives a shit. Lots of people care, but nothing is being done. And maybe, yes, there are things being done behind the scenes. I just had one of those moments again. This was supposed to be not a rant podcast. <laughs> it was supposed to be a comedy podcast. Anyway, I'm just kind of coming out of it. i just, you know, coming out of it, coming out of it. You know, I I got into the Georgia Guidestones for a few podcasts. Either you're with me on those or you're not. But what I really wanted to do as much as anything is... That's the that's the ice water kids, okay? Because I wanted to attend to C., who's nice enough to, I wanted to pay off the fact that she writes in, which maybe will just encourage you to write in and say, hey, he can say some dumb shit about my emails, too. But you know what? I was talking with someone tonight who's having issues with the, you know, the gents, uh, a female friend of mine, and I had some really good advice, and she's like, you know, that's some really good advice, so... Uh, give me a holler, (laughs) give me a shout. And I promise it won't make it about religion. I don't know, Ellen. I don't know about, I don't know about what what the future, you know, the future is change happens and repression. And I think on a, on a long term, I, I don't think repression wins. I mean, it's in vogue right now. You know, with the last president, with the current Supreme Court, and the state legislatures, and the police state, and they did all the whole white nationalist movement across the globe. But it, it's just, it's it's this, it's just like the ruling through fear and intimidation. It can't, it can't, it doesn't hold up. It doesn't hold up. And you know what? We saw that in 2020. When those kids and those people in the streets of the United States of America said, "We don't give a fuck about your military police occupying our US cities." They said, "We don't give a fuck. This is bullshit, and we would like some change." And to, you know, to quote the great late great Tom Petty, you know, you can't, and actually I'm going to fuck it up, but you can't change what's inside a person's mind. And and you <laughs> you people like trying to repress the rest of us. I suppose you're like, well, we don't have to. We just have to keep you locked away in the other parts of town. All right, well, fair enough. I don't know, Ellen, what's going to happen. But I do know that repression, It's it requires too much of a budget. But, you know, at the same time, in this country, that's all we spend our budget on is repression. But doesn't after a while, sooner or later, isn't there an uprising kind of like we saw in 2020? There were a lot of people out in the streets and there were a lot of people very nervous. And you you heard me try to make fun of it but did such a poor job of it in one of the early podcasts called like uh, The Suburban Strategy. Gosh, were those some dreadful podcasts. Uh, anyway. I don't know. I do not know. But we just don't... Why is it? Is it? It's probably religion, right? Why do we not like women? Why are women... I'm not espousing this, of course... Do I have to fucking say that women are not second class citizens? Why do why do we not like women? Women, please tell me. What did you do this time? (laughs) Probably on your period. I don't know, dude. It's it's fucking sad and depressing and unfair across the globe. And that is the way it is now. It doesn't have to be that way forever. Forever. It's just fucked, is what it is. All right. So I also I'm gonna do some stand up comedy. <laughs> I want to see uh, what is it called, Spotify. The uh, the network that my my podcast network, Spotify has restored the data that shows me how people listen to the podcast. Like <clears throat> it'll show like. 100% of the people who listen to this episode listened all the way through, or 50% of the audience did, and it kind of shows you where like peak listenership was and then where it fell off, and I'm imagining now <laughs> it's either going to pick up or it's going to fall off, one of the two, but this is for, you know, that's I, I started the way I started tonight because of uh, that Poor Lonesome Soul didn't like listening to me talk about Limerick. Well, I'm talking about Limerick right now because Limerick is tonight. But I'm also going to talk about some other shows I'm doing later in the week. So how are you going to carry it? Tonight at Limerick, I have two comics. I don't have them. There are two comics. The universe of Limerick comedy. There are two comics making their debuts on the main show. And I'm thrilled about it. The first one is Luke Bentley He's a hilarious dude who always comes to lightning round and roasts the hell out of everybody. I'm thrilled that he's going to be on the main show kicking off, starting the show. And then followed by that, Chris Carter, another very funny dude who's been a very uh, ardent, if that's the correct use of that word, supporter of Limerick. And I'm thrilled that he's he's coming through. And so that's two, three first time Limerick uh, main show. And you know what? I don't just book every, I don't book just anyone. So, you know, it's a funny show. <laughs> and what I like about comics who do Limerick, what I really like is when they do a fucking set When they don't just say, Hey, I'm going to try out a bunch of new shit. It's like there are 50 fucking people in here. Why don't you do a goddamn set instead of auctioning off some premises and then asking the crowd why they're bombing? I don't know. It's a show. Okay. <laughs> Just do a set, that's all. It's The main show is a booked show. Do a set, okay? Have a good time. Try some new shit, but do a set. And and this is not about limerick This is about doing stand-up comedy in general. When you tell the audience that I'm just going to try a bunch of new shit, if you're not Dave Chappelle or Chris Rock, and even in that case, it still tells... It's going to be tough to pull off. But it just tells the audience hey, you're not getting the best. So you can kind of relax a little bit and not fucking pay attention. When you tell the audience, hey, I'm just going to see how this goes, you give them room to not give a shit. And you know what you also do? Candidly. You give yourself a little cover, a little bomb cover. And in comics do it all the time backstage. like, Oh no, no, I'm 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 just gonna try a bunch of new stuff. What you're doing is giving yourself bomb cover, or bomb hedge. Because what you're if you really were like we talked about fear of failure, if if you're really not worried about bombing and people caring and judging you, you would just go out and do your shit. I get it though. It's 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 you know, it happens. I I've said before I'm gonna try a bunch of new shit. But I don't want to bomb. I don't, I don't want to bomb even if I'm trying new stuff. So if I tell the audience I'm trying new stuff or I tell the comics backstage I'm trying new stuff, then I lower the standard internally for myself. And I'm not – this sounds a little high and mighty. I'm just trying to give you like a, an anchor of expectation. It's not, it's not about me being high and mighty like every time I go out because Lord knows I fucking go out all the time, especially at Limerick opening the show and just fuck around and bullshit, you know. Seeing, seeing, what happens in the moment, but I don't say I'm going to try new stuff and I don't tell anybody else, Hey, I'm going to work on some shit because if I do, it gives me a little bit of bomb cover, but it also tells the crowd, this is, you're not getting my A game. I don't think enough of you to give me, to give you my A game. So I'm going to put my book on the stool and you know, just, if you went and well, it's a free show, I understand. But, and I'm not talking about Limerick, necessarily, or specifically, exclusively. If you went to a club and you see somebody's got a notebook down there, and it's not Dion Cole, or it's not uh, someone else who's murdering, you're going to be like, oh, they're just trying new stuff. So I'll, I'll give it the gold college try, too. But if you see them up there like, with no book, and they're not telling you what they're doing, then you're going to be on your game, too, as an audience member. Yeah, no, it was just a just an aside. I don't know what made me think of that, but uh, I the main show at Limerick is the main show. It's it's a booked show. It's not an open mic. <laughs> that's the lightning round. So anyway, the the sh- the comics on the main show tonight are Luke Bentley, followed by Chris Carter, followed by the yeah also the third Limerick the third debut right in a row of Shelley Gruenberg. and that's what I was gonna say. It's not like these are just open micers. These are good comics who are going to do the main show for the first time. And you know what? I bet they all come and do sets. I bet they fucking put their foot in it and try and do bits. Who's Shelley Gruenberg going to be followed by? Uh, I, is it too much to call him a limerick legend? I think it's about at that point. But I don't know. That's for you to say when you come see him. Matt Peshny. Matt Peshny is going to... Follow Matt Peshney is just about synonymous with Limerick through my involvement, prior to my involvement, uh, and I'm thrilled that he's doing the main show. And he's going to be followed by Zachary Wright. Yeah, Zach's all grown up now, and he is an Arsenal fan. He's also a very funny comic, but uh, I will probably, not when I bring him up. Remember, remember, hosting, you bring the person up like they're the best in the world, and then you roast them afterward. So when I bring them up tomorrow, I will not roast the fact that uh, Arsenal might have played themselves out of Champions League football next year by losing today to Newcastle <laughs> to nothing. Uh, but I am looking forward to watching the Arsenal documentary, All or Nothing, the Arsenal story, on one Amazon or Netflix or something. Zachary Wright, followed by the, the oops, sorry, I hit the uh, the mic there, the the limerick return of Mookie G. I had someone drop from the main show, and Mook and and I haven't seen Mookie G. in months. And you know what? If you go back, one of those podcasts where I said. I don't expect you to exhaustively recall all the podcasts. I'm just trying to connect them in my head. I did a show sometime, maybe last summer, sometime, sometime in the last year and a half when I was, when I had the podcast and I was. I remember when I was working through my why is it so? Why can I have so many guns, but I can't have an open container in my car? Why don't? And I did a show right next to. A building that had a massive black live, uh, not black live, blue lives matter flag waving, and I remember saying it was really ominous, and it was a big deal, and it's kind of it was just kind of like fascist seeming to me, and that's a word that used to, you know, be negative, but now it's you know, it's kind of anyway, if you remember me doing a show where I said there was, you know, what it was, I think was it was it possible? Maybe I I don't know. Did I record the podcast on the way home? Anyway, I did a show somewhere up north, which is everywhere outside of Atlanta for me. Not because I'm a snob, just because I don't drive up, because I've never... Not because I don't go up there either. I go up there. I just never really committed myself to learning the neighborhoods. (laughs) Learning, uh, you know, extending myself. But I did a show where I said it was way too long. There were a million comics. I closed and had a real good time under a Blue Lives Matter flag and talked shit a little bit about the cops, got some laughs, and then stopped off on the way home and got a beer and opened it and drank it like a gentleman on the way home. Well, anyway, I don't know if you remember that or not, but the one of the people who was on that show and, res, and running that great show with like 100-plus people in the room was Mookie G. He ran it with Erica Benefield. And, they, and I've mentioned them on the podcast previously because they did Limerick. Mookie G's closing out the show. I don't know. I haven't seen him probably since last summer. But someone dropped the feature comic, dropped from the main show tomorrow, or tonight as it were. And like a bolt of lightning, the name Mookie G came to me. I hit him and I was like, hey, do you think you could come do Limerick tomorrow? And it's interesting. Mookie's like, yeah, sure, man, I'd love to. Which is an honest man. Other people would say no, I'm booked or I can't, and it's like, all right, you're in you you're in town first of all. Where where are you fucking booked that you can't close out the show at 10:15? And I'm not saying no one's ever really done that, but that's what I would think if they did. Or really, you know what I'm probably doing is I'm probably thinking about how I would how I would respond. Sorry, I keep hitting this thing. Well, do I if Mookie said, hey, can you? I had a drop. Can you come close my show at the last second? I'd think for a second. Well, do I want to manage scarcity? Is that what I want to do? So really what I'm doing, do I want to show that I might have something already going on, but I'll check my schedule and then I'll get back to you? Mookie's like, yeah, man, I'll fucking come to your show because he's an honest guy. And what I was probably doing is, is putting my... Uh, I've been very interested in this. My cousin and I actually talked about it in Chicago because he's a dad. I'm going to use the word trigger and I don't mean I don't I don't know how I mean it. I just, I mean it in a parental sense. But there is a lot of literature and discussion around triggering behaviors that kids do to parents and what they do is that they the, the kids' behavior triggers something in the parent that reminds them of some that triggers brings evokes brings to the surface some unresolved issue in their own childhood and that's why it drives them fucking crazy when their kid does it but their kid is not necessarily doing it because they did it or didn't do it or whatever it is but we as parents and this is something that's helped me be a much better father over the last however months I've been talking about trying to be a, I'm a goddamn, I think I'm a decent dad, but th- whatever they would be, what would they be? Like, I don't know, I'm not going to put my daughter's business into the street and <laughs> say, so here's what she did that pisses me off, that, uh, I don't know, whatever is unresolved in me is what would frustrate her about me. And I talked about this with my cousin, and he'd read about it. And I talked to a dude when I got back and went to a neighborhood little thing the other day about the shit that bothers us and our kids is stuff that, that bothers us about our own childhood, and we haven't quite squared away. And it's not fair to freight our children with our own bullshit, even though we do, right? But I mean that specific level of bullshit. Is that a good place? <laughs> Is that a good place to stop the podcast? <laughs> I, I, I was just trying to draw the comparison to why, why I think it's great that Mookie's like, yeah, I can do the show where I might be like, I don't know, man. Like, what's the money like? Or Tuesday, let me see if I'm free. Of course I'd be free. What else would I be doing if I were in the city of Atlanta? Be going out to do a show or not. But either way, I could probably get to your spot and close it down. So I'm glad Mookie's doing that. If you want to talk more, if you're a parent, you want to talk more about triggering. (laughs) Or you know what, even if you're a kid, and I know that young people listen to this, if the shit that your parents that you do that drives them crazy is stuff that they have not made peace with. That's what I've learned. And in doing that learning, it's helped me make peace with those things. Not probably as effectively as going and talking about them for 18 months with a trained professional. However, just being mindful of the stuff that my daughter historically, now, she can't bother me. <laughs> she All she can get from me is uh, unconditional acceptance, support, and love. And there's no, you have to be like, you, you, you know, if you act like that, then I'm going to get frustrated. There's none of that. Really? <laughs> Wait till tomorrow. Anyway, uh, the daughter is the greatest. She was a delight. I told you she was, I, she was perfect until the last 15 minutes of the flight to Chicago on the way back. She was a delight and said, and said to me on the plane, she said, look, Dad, I'm not kicking the seats and I said, that's great. And the reason she didn't kick the seats is because I didn't say, fucking stop kicking the seats or any of that stuff. I, When we got off the plane, when we arrived in Chicago, I gave her a big hug. I closed the, the, the curtains on that act, and we started a new act as in a play moving forward. That's a very big thing for me. Every uh, interaction is, is a single act, and you close the curtains, and you start over and do the next one. uh y- Because with with a toddler or with a kid, you can't take things personally because they do things that if an adult did, you'd be like, hey, motherfucker, I'm going to remember this for a while. (laughs) And you better sleep with one eye open. But you can't do that with a kid because the kid's trying to see, like, how much they can get away with because how much do you really love and support them anyway? So I closed the act on the, you know, when I told you she kind of lost it on the way to Chicago. But after we landed, got off the plane, I gave her a big hug. I said, let's go. Let's have a great weekend. And then during a walk we took on Friday afternoon, uh, my daughter and I took a walk. And I said, hey, girl, I'm so glad you're a big girl traveler now. You know, and I just, even though she's three and a quarter, I said, you know, the reason I. I don't want you kicking the seats is because that's not big girl behavior and. Why it's not big behavior is because it's not polite to the person in front of you, and it's gonna mess them up. And they're just trying to get through, you know, thinking about their mommy and daddy and whatever. I wasn't didn't make it a big opera. I just said, I, what I did is I circled back with her when we neither of us were in the red zone, so I wasn't trying to teach a lesson on the plane. I was just trying to keep her from kicking someone's seat just because, not because she's trying. She's just trying to see my push my buttons. And then I circled back with her and said, hey, girl, you know, I'm glad you don't do that. And on the way back, she said, hey, look, I'm not kicking the seats. And I dapped her up. I was like, hey, you know, that's a big, that's big girl life. I wasn't like, yes, that's much praise. I was like, hell yeah, dude, good shit. Anyway, if you want to talk about triggering or anything, uh, I've read about it recently. It's pretty interesting. The things that your parents got so pissed about you doing, Shit that they hadn't worked out, all right? So <laughs> dial 999, dial 999 if you really want the truth. Uh, so check it out. I'm going to go because LNC's is uh, asphyxiating in her car. Get out of there. It's carbon monoxide. You're a medical professional. You know this. Limerick tonight, Laughing Skull tomorrow, Laughing Skull on Thursday night. Come down. I'm going to do a long set, one of those best of the best of the best of the best. So I'm the best comic in Atlanta now. I'm <laughs> better than Clayton English. I'm better than Carlos Miller. I'm better than Erica Duchess. So come on down. Um, I'm doing a long set, 20, 25 minutes on Thursday night. And then Friday night, I'm going back to Ackworth. I'm going back back to Ackworth where you know there's a podcast. It's called Ackworth on my mind. Doing that show again, thrilled about it. Hope to see you soon. Come out and say hello, and I will talk to you on Friday.